Welcome to the next podcast episode of Carolina Chronicles, Stories of UNC Student Life, the premier podcast discussing the everyday experiences of students at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill from the perspective of the students who go here. The episode is titled A Balancing Act, Mental Health and Academics at UNC. Today, we will be exploring the academic environment at UNC. My name is Matthew, and I'm a freshman studying mathematics. And my name is Sophia. I'm a freshman studying biology and English. How are you doing today, Matthew? I'm all right. Happy to be here. Happy to discuss this important topic. But notably, it is two weeks from final season. And as work piles up, there is a stressful mood going around our campus. Yeah, I've definitely been feeling that vibe creeping up recently. The fact is, UNC is known for its rigorous academics and really high acceptance standards. So it's kind of just the top choice for students who want a challenging academic experience. Those high expectations can come with a high toll though, so it's important to examine how this tense environment affects students, their mental health, and their overall experience at the university. I totally agree, which is why through this podcast episode, Sophia and I will aim to shed light on the academic experiences of UNC students, as well as provide insight into the challenges they may face. By sharing students' perspectives, we hope to generate meaningful discussion around the importance of mental health and the need for effective coping strategies to manage academic stress. Alongside that, we hope to explore the relationship between academics and students' personal lives. As Matthew has said, with this constant focus on academic excellence, it can be easy to overlook the need for a balanced lifestyle. But it's not all doom and gloom. It's 70 degrees outside, and despite the workload, it's good to see people sprawled out on the quad while they work on projects or walking back from a coffee shop study group on Franklin Street. We hope to highlight the positive impact a good balance between academics and personal life can have on students' well-being. By bringing attention to these important issues, we hope to provide valuable information to both current and prospective UNC students. Current students may benefit from learning about the coping strategies and the ways to balance academics and personal life, while prospective students may gain a better understanding of the academic environment at UNC and what to expect when attending a highly competitive university. There is a need for the academic environment at UNC and the need for a balanced approach to academic excellence. We hope that this episode will be informative, thought-provoking, and contribute to a better understanding of the academic experiences of UNC students. First, let's hear from some students about their experiences at UNC. We conducted interviews around campus and have selected some of the most illustrative and meaningful quotes to share. One student said, there's a lot of smart people at UNC, and a lot of the time I find myself thinking because they admit on a regional basis, like, maybe my region was dumb because I've struggled in college, and so I feel like sometimes I don't belong here or everyone else is way smarter than I am. But you just have to reach out to people that you know and remember that you did get in for a reason. Imposter syndrome can definitely be a big deal at highly competitive schools like UNC. With an acceptance rate of 20% and a ranking of 29 nationally, UNC attracts some of the brightest students in the country. A lot of students here were at the top of their class in high school and have all these awesome extracurriculars and achievements, so it can be hard to remember, like this student mentioned, that just because everyone is special or whatever doesn't really make you less worthy of being here. You were let in for a reason too. That is definitely true. Did you also notice how the student brought up the regional basis of admission? It really highlights the potential for students to feel like they were admitted to UNC because of where they came from rather than their own merit. UNC is a public university in North Carolina and the admissions process takes into account the representation of in-state and out-of-state students. This can lead to feelings of doubt and insecurity among some students who may feel that their admission was not entirely based on their own qualifications. Yeah, it's really tough in a situation like that. You can get really stuck in your head and trapped in a cycle of doubting yourself. 
The student did have some really good advice for how to deal with it though. He brought up the importance of reaching out to others as it can help remind you that everyone at UNC is in the same boat and they may be experiencing similar challenges like imposter syndrome. That's for sure. I remember having a discussion with my sweet mate a few months ago and she said, you know, Sophia, sometimes I really feel like an imposter. I'll, like look at you or our friends and it's like, you guys are always studying. You're in all these clubs and like labs, activities. And I looked at her and I was like, are you kidding me? I'm literally so jealous of you. And how much just like sheer effort you put into your classes. Cause she's literally, she's always studying. I see her in her room studying all the time, going to the libraries. Um, and she manages all these like super cool and interesting activities like this internship she got, which has just a bunch of commitments on top of the fact that she's in Gillings and a double major. I told her that she made me feel like I wasn't doing nearly enough and she was kind of like, what? And then we just laughed about it and talked about how we both kind of felt like we were failing and could be doing a lot better and just didn't deserve to be here. I definitely felt better after we had that conversation and just a little less insecure after realizing she literally thought the same thing that I did. Yeah, talking about these things is really important. A lot of the time, it's really just in your head and connecting with other people and peers and mentors can really help. Even if you're not exactly in the same boat, just forming connections can help build a sense of belonging and really combat any sense of undeservingness on your spot. Yeah, that's for sure. It is sad to see though how many of our interview and survey respondents started talking about imposter syndrome or something kind of like it. I guess it's hard to fully eliminate since there is such an intense academic culture here. Yeah, I think imposter syndrome is probably pretty common at a lot of top universities, but it was interesting to see how many students in our interviews and surveys stated something along the lines of not feeling good enough. On that note of intense academics, I want to bring up this quote that another student shared. They said, well, I sort of cut myself off from doing academic work at a certain point in the night, and I spend a lot of my free time with my friends, either getting dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever. And recently, we've been doing kind of like study groups. I guess that's academic, but I spend a lot of my time with my friends. This student definitely seems to have found a healthy balance between academics and social life by setting boundaries and prioritizing time with friends. For sure, the student's approach to balancing academics and social life is admirable and can serve as a model for others. They definitely have good boundaries. They prioritize their academics, but not above everything else. Yeah, you can see they value their sleep and their social life, which are both really important. That's actually probably going to help them in the long run if you only focus on academics and don't focus on things like eating, sleeping, and seeing friends that can affect your mental health. Eventually, you're just going to burn out. It is also worth noting that this student mentions participating in study groups with friends, which shows that they're finding ways to combine academics and socializing. Oh yeah, this is an excellent strategy for students who want to balance their academic workload with their social life. At UNC, there are many resources available to help students form study groups, including the Learning Center and the Writing Center. By taking advantage of these resources, students can help find the support they need to succeed academically while also building meaningful relationships with their peers. Hashtag not sponsored. But yeah, that is a super great strategy. Um, and just another thing I wanted to point out is for as good as the strategy is, studying with this friends is still kind of marginally considered a social activity because, you know, unless you're spending the whole time talking and you're truly studying, the majority of the time will probably be spent focusing on academics or talking about academic related topics. Oh yeah, it's a good way of knocking two birds out with one stone, but it's important to have time solely dedicated to being with others. So if your only interaction with your friends is to study, that's probably not ideal. But I really like the student's approach to spending meal times with friends though. They're definitely striking a good balance. Oh yeah, you're definitely right. I do feel like this quote makes finding the balance seem a lot easier than it actually is though. What do you mean? Uh, I don't know, I just feel like setting those boundaries can be really hard. Do you ever feel the need to like skip meals or stay up late to finish an assignment? Oh yeah, I do that all the time. As a matter of fact, when I was editing the script for the podcast last night, I stayed up till 2am and definitely sacrificed some of my sleep. Yeah, go figure, I was kind of doing the same thing. 
frankly, the other day I realized I haven't like talked to my friends for a while, like outside of class, and it kind of felt like crap. Um, when I get to that point, I figure I probably just need to scale back on whatever assignments I'm doing and just have some like genuine human interaction. It's so stressful though, because I mean, we are in the middle of, you know, it's almost finals week. There's a lot of assignments. And if I get a bad grade after choosing to prioritize some non-academic thing, I just feel terrible and feel the need to focus more on academics, even though realistically speaking, that was probably the right decision. No, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I think in general at UNC, there can be a lot of pressure to excel academically, and students may feel that they need to constantly work on their academics and studies to keep up with the rigorous demands of the university. In fact, one student shared, I go to chemistry class, and then I go to chemistry lab, and then I come home and do chemistry work. The end. It can be difficult to not fall into a schedule like this. And I'd say this student is probably a, a very high achiever, but it's definitely possible to excel academically while still making time for friends and social activities. I'd look back to the last quote for guidance on how to strike a good balance. Ultimately, setting boundaries and limiting academic work to a certain point in the night is important too. By doing that and prioritizing spending time with friends, this student is also investing in their mental and emotional well-being, which is essential for success in any area of life. So I guess try not to forget that. Yeah, that's true. I guess there are more components to being successful and happy than just grades and academics. Yeah, balance can be hard to strike, but it's definitely important to prioritize. In our survey, one student spent a lot of time talking about how the majority of the free time is spent doing homework. <laughs> yeah, that quote definitely highlights the intense workload that students may experience at UNC. Yeah, it's really unfortunate because these actions aren't consequentless. Another student stated when asked about the skills and such that they're learning from UNC that I've learned how to hate my life and have a mental breakdown. Yikes. I mean, like mood, but yikes. Yeah, it's really not great. Yeah, I feel like if I had to sum up my obligations at UNC, it would be, yeah, this is a lot. What's even worse about this is that typically if you hate your life and are having a mental breakdown, you're not gonna perform as well as you typically could, which leads to probably more hatred and mental breakdowns. A vicious cycle, yay. Yeah, if you're getting to that point, it's definitely time to seek a change. It's important to seek support from your friends and from other resources on campus, like counseling to deal with feelings like this. Going back to the imposter syndrome point, there are a lot of reasons why she might also be saying she hates herself over this. It might just be about the intense workload, but it can also be really easy to associate your self-worth with your performance. Oh yeah, I don't know if that's the case for her, but it's definitely the case for some other students. That might be less of a UNC thing though, and more of just like a general society thing, college students thing. Oh for sure, but UNC being an elite college probably isn't helping the situation. In general, I do think there is a broader issue of mental health among college students and a need for greater awareness and support for students who may be struggling. UNC has taken steps to address this issue, including offering counseling services and implementing programs to promote mental health and well-being. There was actually a memo published in February where the university outlined the steps and the commitments they were making for mental health of their students. I'll give just a quick rundown. The memo includes the launch of permanent wellness days in 2021, where days where classes are canceled. On a side note, I think that's a bit ironic because most of the people I know use those wellness days to study and catch up on work, uh, and I do think the intended purpose was likely to give us days that are completely a break. They also hosted a mental health summit in 2021 on campus culture, crisis services, and suicide prevention, which continues to have monthly seminars. They also established the Suicide Prevention Institute in 2022, began partnering with experts in mental health through the JED Campus Initiative, and launched a comprehensive resource guide called Heal Scare in 2022. They do also provide CAPS, counseling and psychological services, which does short-term counseling and long-term group therapy. Yeah, I definitely think they're trying. I do want to note that most of these were launched post-2020 when COVID broke out, and a lot more was done in 2022. Tragically, that was the year when there were two suicides and at least one report of attempted suicide. UNC's collective mental health has been suffering a lot lately. It does seem like those events were the catalyst for a lot of UNC's mental health initiatives. I found a few articles detailing how after the news of the suicides broke, students poured out to support each other, which was honestly quite amazing. 
and some of them organized a protest and petition to call for more mental health funding allocation by the university. Interestingly, one of the major goals was about bringing more attention to CAPS, as they noted that many students didn't even know about this resource. Another one of their goals was getting more wellness day and adding more long-term counseling services to CAPS. Oh yeah, they've definitely accomplished a lot of their goals. Wellness days are more prevalent, a lot of new funding has been allocated and poured into the resources you've mentioned, and CAPS is definitely more well-known. I remember when I was touring at UNC, all of the freshman events aimed at familiarizing us with the university's resources. I heard all about CAPS like every two seconds. It's good that some of these goals have been realized. However, one note I want to make is that the goal of adding more long-term counseling options to CAPS may not have been fully addressed. In our interviews, I was told that CAPS does long-term group therapy and support groups, but only offers short-term individual counseling for most students. I was able to find one student in our interview who was able to convert her short-term sessions to long-term sessions, but she also shared with me that it followed a time of intense crisis and had something to do with particularly rare circumstances. I'm not going to be sharing those for the sake of respecting the students' privacy, but she was also the only student who shared positive remarks about the benefits of counseling in CAPS. The other students lamented that there was no long-term individual options, as they feel that that is what they really need. One student pointed out that although she wasn't able to receive long-term counseling at CAPS, she appreciated that they connected her with a counselor in the Triangle area, and even helped examine her insurance policies to figure out the best financial option for her. She says she was lucky to find completely free therapy. However, she does attribute her positive result from CAPS to connecting with them so early in the semester. She says now most people seem to be stuck in waiting lines forever, and if they do get access to someone who can help them, those individuals are just so burnt out and understaffed that it's difficult for them to find good solutions for the other students. Indeed, I do hear this story more consistently around campus. People say that they go in for an initial assessment in counseling, but they feel like they're just immediately referred outside of CAPS by burnt out practitioners who can't afford to spend much time on their individual cases. They also mentioned that they would have taken the step of looking for outside counseling in the first place if it was something they could afford. It seems the student I interviewed who was able to find a free therapy option was more of an exception than the rule. She exemplifies some of the amazing things CAPS can do, but they may be unable to provide currently to many students because there's simply so many people who need care and not enough staff and resources at CAPS. There's definitely more room to improve there. Unfortunately, it does seem to have a bit of a negative rep on the campus. Most students tell me it's useless. One person I know calls it craps. I also want to mention that they employ psychiatrists and also have medication prescribing services, which can be really helpful if you can't afford to see a psychiatrist on your own. CAPS will also attempt to work with you and your insurance to get the best prices. However, some students have some concerns about the psychiatry at CAPS. The same interviewee mentioned that they tried to put her on opioids for her anxiety. She knew immediately this was a red flag. She has a history of opioid addiction in her family and knew it was likely a bad idea, and they completely missed it before writing the prescription. She shared this with them afterwards, and they found her another medication, and she mentions that if she had not known to look out for this issue, she's not sure anyone would have caught it. A big role of medical providers should be looking for potentially bad side effects of medications based on patient history and treating a patient holistically. But this student felt like she was being given the strongest possible option so she could leave and they can move on to the next person. Yikes, that could have gone really badly. It seems like they really are overworked at CAPS. From what some of the other interviewees have shared, it definitely seems like the capacity of CAPS revolves more around short-term crisis-oriented care instead of persistent long-term care, which might be the source of some of the frustration for a student body that feels the need for more long-term options. A quote I had from an interviewee was that there is a lack of empathy from a lot of people at CAPS, especially for the medical providers. It's like they don't care. Well, they care. But the thought process behind their actions isn't, oh, this will help them. It's, oh, this is a good short-term fix. 
Students specifically cited being told that they should wait to treat her worsening OCD till the next school year. She thought it reflected the fact that they did not have enough resources to help her now. I also want to mention that she brought up a more nuanced point there. She was afraid that the situation about the OCD meds reflected the perspectives of people at CAPS, that the students' mental health problems are all just from academics and academic stressors. She also said that she had shared information about the way her OCD was increasingly affecting her life in a negative way and thought it may continue to get worse over the summer. The practitioner advised that they wait until the next school year started. He did not specifically tell her why, but she believes this reflects two things. One, them not having enough resources and time to attend to this issue until next year. And two, them believing that her OCD was directly getting better and worse due to the intense academic pressures at UNC. She mentioned that she did not believe her symptoms corresponded with schoolwork and she was afraid that things could get worse over the summer if they didn't try to treat it now. This specific case has a lot of nuance and though I know nothing about best practices for treating OCD, it's possible given what else we've heard about CAPS that their lack of short-term treatment mindset is too tied to academics. Though you cannot forget academics, it is also important to step back and remember you're not always the root of every student's problems. At the very least, the conclusion should be drawn from this interview is that students sometimes feel that their concerns about their treatment plans aren't heard at CAPS and that they're just being dismissed. She's scared her OCD will grow worse over the summer as nobody will be addressing it and that the psychiatrist is banking on an improvement from ending coursework, but she's not sure her symptoms are triggered entirely by schoolwork in the first place. Clearly, there's a lot to be done still. For now, I hope that by discussing these issues openly and honestly, we can help to reduce the stigma and promote a culture of support and empathy within the UNC community. To go back to your point about students not always having schoolwork be the problem, I also want to note that not all of these students feel overwhelmed by the workload, or at least they don't share those feelings openly. One student shared their average workload, quote, I think it really depends on the day and the work I'm doing because some work feels like you're not really doing work at all, but some work is extremely tedious and takes a lot of time. So, but overall, I'd say it's a solid workload and nothing that I can't handle, end quote. This reflects the variability in academic workload that students may experience at UNC. Students may have classes and assignments that are engaging and enjoyable, while others may feel tedious and time consuming. This variability in workload can make it difficult for students to develop consistent study habits and manage their time effectively. That's so true. There are some common threads throughout departments and areas of study, but sometimes it feels like you have to learn a whole new method for every class based on your teacher's teaching style, the type of content, the presentation of the content. Yeah, that's true. However, this student's positive attitude toward their workload and their ability to manage it effectively is an important reminder that with the right mindset and strategies, students can find success at UNC. Yeah, the workload can be overwhelming, but the university also provides resources such as academic advisors, tutoring, and time management workshops to help students succeed. I go to the Writing Center all the time for feedback, as well as the Chem Possible for extra chemistry practice problems and tips. They're both literally godsends. Absolutely. Utilizing these resources, managing one's workload effectively, and finding a good work-life balance are crucial skills that students can develop while at UNC. But that doesn't mean that finding that work-life balance is always easy on UNC's campus. It can be easy to feel overwhelmed sometimes, but I want to share a piece of advice that one of our interviewees shared with us. She says that when she's struggling with academics, she tries to remember this. Never forget that you are a person first and a student second. It can be easy to let school and academics consume your entire life, but never be afraid to take a step back and remember that there is more to life than just your academics. Our podcast episode shed light on the diverse experiences of UNC students when it comes to academics. While some students may find the academic workload manageable, others may struggle to find a balance between their studies and their personal lives. It is important to recognize that everyone's experiences are unique and valid, and that finding a routine that works for you is crucial to maintaining mental health and academic success. 
We aim to highlight the various coping mechanisms and strategies that students employ to manage their workload and prioritize their personal lives. Some students prioritize time with their friends and participate in study groups, while others prefer to work independently and carve out time for themselves. By sharing these experiences, we hope to promote a culture of openness and support where students can feel comfortable discussing their academic experiences and seeking help when needed. At UNC and other universities, it is important for students to remember that they are not alone in their struggles and that resources are available to help them navigate academic challenges. Whether it is seeking academic support from professors and tutors or seeking mental health resources from on-campus counseling services, there are resources available to help students succeed academically and maintain their well-being. We hope that this podcast episode encourages further dialogue and support within the UNC community and beyond. This has been Carolina Chronicles, Stories of UNC Student Life, your premier podcast for learning about student life at UNC from the students who go here. Thank you for joining us in our discussions on the academic experiences and mental health experiences of students at UNC. If you want to learn more, make sure to check out our other podcast episodes and all the other content on the Hill Life page. Thanks for listening.